Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're doing another another episode of my more longer form uh, discussions I'll have. Today we're joined by a farmer because there's a recent snowstorm in Texas where I live and we had quite a bit of snow and it was really cold and uh, I thought we could get maybe a farmer's perspective on how the cold affected him and his animals. So joining us today we have my brother Mark who's been on the program before but not as the farmer Mark. No, no, I haven't. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. So before we get started, let's go into a little bit of you. So first off, where can people find you? They can find me find me on YouTube at The Shoeless Farmer. The Shoeless Farmer. And I have a parlor. Link in description. Yeah. I also have a parlor account, which is the Barefoot, uh, at Mark Donahue. Mm-hmm. All right. So so before we go into it, let's talk about your farm first. So how many, well, what types of animals do you have? We have, uh, we have cows, goats, chickens, rabbits, and dogs. Okay. So, let's first talk about how your cows acted and interacted with this cold weather. Well, cows, uh, healthy cows that have gained during the growing season have a lot of fat and they have a thick hide. Um, and they, they really just don't, they don't get very affected by by cold they in fact they will stand at night they'll stand in one place mm-hmm. and they're awake at night which is another thing they're awake all night and they uh they take it very easy mm-hmm. it's not it doesn't affect them okay so you're saying that the, like the larger cow larger animal like a cow is going to be fine in more Pretty much. Older. okay that's great so moving on to your next set let's talk about your goats so first off how many goats do you have uh 16 at the time you had 16 goats at the time and uh, why do you have why do you have how many goats do you have currently 18. 18. So the we are we just we're going mm-hmm. into our kidding season, which is mm-hmm. them giving birth, and they uh, we had our first doe uh, three days ago. Mm-hmm. Give uh, the twins. What? By the way, uh, that was actually that's precisely one week after the snowstorm ended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so people can understand the time timeline. Yeah. So how would how would the snowstorm have affected your kidling kiddings if you if they'd come say like a week later in the in the beginning earlier. Uh, if they came a week earlier, they would be dead. It, there was no way. We got down to negative four degrees uh, some nights. Very cold. Uh, basically, we never, for that week, week, six, eight, nine days, however long it was. Almost uh, two we weeks. We basically, well, at some points we went above 32 degrees. It was for like nine days straight where we did not go above like 30 degrees. And at night mm-hmm. we got down really low. And yeah. that would have been that would have been the death of a, a, a small kid doesn't have uh, doesn't have any fat doesn't have mm-hmm. you know the ability Reserves. to to keep itself warm and if and they it's were a kidding in there they would be dead mm-hmm. that would that would be it and because it's a smaller animal the cold's gonna be able to penetrate much easier no it's not really the size it's the age like for instance mm-hmm. a chicken is about the same size and weight of a baby kid. Um, but a chicken doesn't mm-hmm. have a problem, but that's because it's developed. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not it's not. Um, it's a full grown versus a baby. Yeah. So, so how did you know? So did you did you did you plan when your kidling season would start? Yeah. So I put him in at the uh, the last uh, the last day or or so of September, which the earliest you can have a kid from putting your buck in uh, or starting breeding season the ending of september would be the very last week uh, and into march so the last mm-hmm. week of february and into march and 
uh, so I, I put him in, I put him in for a month, which basically makes it so I, I know by the end of March of the next year, they will, they will 100% have kitted and whoever did not kid mm-hmm. didn't breed back. Okay. And that's, that's signs of, uh, well, they mm-hmm. could, might not be healthy or I have to call them mm-hmm. or something like that. Okay. That's great. So, so how, so how, so what kind of per, uh, precautions and like, uh, kind of, uh, responses did you have for your goats like any anything special you did for your goats to try to keep them warm during this time during well, the snowstorm well they are there during the winter we don't have a really big problem in terms of there any like worms or parasites or something so they're uh-huh. free-ranging on the on the pasture uh so when the snow falls there's nothing they they will dig in through uh dig under the snow to get stuff but i mm-hmm. i would uh a couple of times I gave him alfalfa and uh, fed hay, which I buy hay, which I don't really use, but I buy just in case. Mm-hmm. And in this case, yeah. we can see that, that that pays off to have what I call my insurance hay for for this this thing. To, if it happens or anything like that, I need to feed him because I have to lock up a goat or something for some reason. I like to buy insurance hay to to feed them, and that's pretty much mm-hmm. what I did. And also, I all the all the pipes and water froze, so from in the house, I'd fill uh-huh. the buckets and take it out, but not not much different. Okay, so so what you're saying about about the goats, how they would break the snow, that also applies to the cows? Uh, not really. Cows are cows are less likely to go through the snow. Uh, so they were they're just the same. They're they we just feed them hay bales. Uh huh. Uh, if it's if it's like a light dusting, then the 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 snow will not stick or is is uh, still possible for them to graze even mm-hmm. though there's a little bit of snow. But we got the snow where I mean it put a mat, a full yeah. blanket on the ground, and in that case, cows will definitely need something because they won't dig. So did you have a shelter for your goats? Yeah, it's it's breaking down, so we didn't have to put up some boards and stuff to block the mm-hmm. wind. Which, so you had to like basically fortify it to help kind of break the wind. Yeah, as long as like goats and cattle, if they can get out of the wind, although the mm-hmm. the cows really didn't do that for themselves, they had the access to to the tree line, the forest, to go in to break the wind. Uh, but they pretty much mm-hmm. you know just stood out and it just took it like a man basically. So when you're talking about your goats and your cows, your your primary focus was giving them enough feed and then keeping them out of the wind. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you know. Sure. So moving on, you you mentioned you have chickens. So first off, how many chickens do you have? Eighty. Eighty chickens. So are they are they like more like meat chickens? They're, or are they more they're like laying hens. Laying hens. All right. So did you do anything like different for your chickens? Did you have to like maybe break the ice or something like that? Well, just like the rest of the animals, uh, all the water was frozen. So yeah, brought out water, and they did not leave the coop. They they primarily just stayed in there mm-hmm. and and did their thing. Stay there. So the I would I would bring food at night and pour it into their shed. Which that's what they live in a little shed converted uh-huh. into a coop. Um, so sense. they stayed in there. They're out of the wind. The door is just cracked. So if they wanted to get out, they would. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They never went out. Uh, actually, it's kind of interesting because we went right before the weather. We had a drop decline in eggs, and mm-hmm. during that storm, uh, we actually increased the amount of eggs we were oh. collecting per day, which is a sign that they were warm. They're full. So. Mm-hmm. Could that also be a sign that they were being one, they were more uh, secured location, they were in one smaller location, so they were more 
You didn't have to look around? No. No? No, they, they're very... Um, unlike ducks that will just drop eggs anywhere unless they're broody, chickens like to go back to the same place and lay. Mm-hmm. They like, they like so making a nest. If you, yeah, so if, they, if you give them a nest, they're not going to work to build one. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they are limited to the amount of area that they have or they're constantly moving and you're moving along a nest with them, that nest stays the same and they'll they'll prefer uh-huh. to use it instead. So it's not that hard okay. to get them to, to, to train them to lay in a nesting box. So you mentioned your ducks. So how many ducks do, we, do you have? Uh, nine right now. You have nine ducks? Did you lose any ducks during this? Nope. Ducks, they have, they, they have oil glands that produce an excess of oil and that keeps all water, mm-hmm. etc., off, you know, runs right off their, their, their feathers and they actually they they would prefer to sleep mm-hmm. on the water at at night we don't have a pond we mm-hmm. have a little kiddie pool that we use uh as their 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 pond mm-hmm. so and they they're not really effective we did throw corn which uh which helped keep keep them warm mm-hmm. so actually kind of dope to go back for just a second did you lose any chickens in this cold uh we have a, a small batch of hens in pasture that we uh, put to pasture mm-hmm. and we did lose a couple of them but that's more more because they're old so these are your old chickens after they've stopped laying eggs yeah all right great so with your ducks you said you mentioned how you have the kitty pool and i'm assuming you did you have to bring them out water like the rest of your animals yeah yeah so did you have the chickens and the ducks water in the same place or did nope. you simply separate? no they're separate the okay the the chickens that are in pa- uh put to pasture which are basically in retirement they have access to the same water as the ducks, but my primary flock works in the garden. Okay, that, that makes sense. So moving on, you mentioned dogs. So first off, how many dogs do you have? Two. Two dogs. They're both LGD, uh, livestock guardian dogs. So they're both they're both guard dogs. So what do they protect? They, they're primarily uh, for goats because we have uh, huge predator issues and then they're mm-hmm. They're, them being here, uh, their effects of guarding the goats trickle to the chickens mm-hmm. and ducks from hawks and raccoons. And mm-hmm. I was actually about to address it. So, did you have an uptick, an uptick in like predators, uh, kind of activity, predators trying to go for your animals before, or after, or during the snowstorm? No, no. It maintained. No. Did it maintain a steady level, or did was it no. just not simply a big thing uh, that happened during well, the winter? Before and after the storm. It would be the same, but during the storm, nothing was out. Okay. So, moving on. So, first off, do you have, like, what were some of the big takeaways for you for this storm, for dealing with future winter storms for your animals? Because if I remember correctly, you said you've lost two, you lost a rabbit and you've lost uh, two chickens. So, what what would you say are the key takeaways you've found so far from this? Well, um, it's not normal for us. Where we live in Texas, in fact, it's not normal for the for southern states to get that kind of weather. So, I I guess what it would be would it would be to just be more attentive to to the weather. We we mm-hmm. got into a pattern where I could kind of predict uh, what it was going to be. I just wasn't checking up on the weather. I, I, mm-hmm. And and if I was checking up on the weather, I'd have done some things different, like move the rabbits in. Uh, out of summer did you, shelters into more of a winter. Mm-hmm. Did you ever move them into a winter shelter? Yeah. You After did? we lost that one, I did move them into winter shelter. Mm-hmm. So you'd say you're in that case. Your that one key takeaway was you be more attentive to what the predictions are, the weather forecast. Yeah. 
even though they were greatly mistaken at one point they said the lowest it was going to get was like mm -hmm. 11 or 12 degrees and as that day got closer and closer the low kept dropping and dropping till it was um i think for us it got to negative one for Ooh, the that's, cold. that's what it predicted in this area it got down to negative four Ooh. so so moving on so are there any like so how was your experience especially did you have any rolling blackouts with uh this storm like many people well that that goes had. that goes to something a little bit different well, uh, well did that did that affect you like maybe heating the water up no or did that no. like, upset your, not, your watering schedule not really did not water it rolling blackout blackouts because uh, maybe you couldn't be able to heat water or... no we never had long enough blackout for pipes to freeze and burst mm -hmm. but uh, filling up water I never heat up I didn't really heat up the water when I gave it to the animals mm -hmm. uh, if we had hot water I would I would pour it out there because it takes longer for that to freeze but water is gravity fed from water towers and mm -hmm. it doesn't they don't use electricity oh. mm -hmm. to, to pump that okay so you're saying that the, like the blackouts didn't really affect you like not it really. didn't affect the warming the no, it didn't affect anything on the farm okay so do you have uh, if you were to get more uh, more like uh, if you were to prepare I suppose in a sense for like more uh, more snow like this were there any other key take uh, any other takeaways you have about it like maybe uh, well I'm a small farmer and and what I do is I try to provide those things that large corporations can't provide and or mm -hmm. won't provide or just rip people off so I try to help people out I think mm -hmm. I need I definitely need to uh, get dive in more into my wood operation, my firewood operation. Mm -hmm. um, and being a small farmer, a lot of people were calling me because they needed help, and and I had tons of people calling me for firewood and for generators, and because they were trying to stay warm. And I sold out because we had a very very small snow. It barely got below 32. We had a, uh, in early January we had snow, uh -huh. and I sold out after that that um, that. I was weather. actually about to get into that. So you're, so you're saying that when this this came, you had sold out of all your firewood. yeah. So basically, next year I need to be more prepped for something like mm -hmm. that, because I'm I'm not only am I needing to insure myself for things like this, but it's not just me that I that I work for. I'm, I'm in fact I don't really work for myself. I work for my customers, for my patrons, and mm -hmm. those people. It's more important, you know, to help them because when there's something really wrong with me I can turn to them if I help them now mm -hmm. you know it's kind of that you know always have yeah mm -hmm. so do you uh, so so now you see all that do you have like any did you have like any like uh, personal uh, did you have like any like personal like moments of realization going oh I need to do this in the future need that moment or was it more of like a gradual uh, a gradual like understanding of the events and how it should have happened like in a post uh, snowstorm analysis or was it more of like a something went wrong and you went oh I need to do this wrong when it came to dealing with the snow well I there's not like there's not like a point where there's an awakening uh, because you can kind of predict by how we act towards the cold mm -hmm. to kind of how animals are gonna act it's not the same uh, specifically but generally mm -hmm. um, so I think it's just those it's just maybe thinking through it just a little bit more and mm -hmm. uh in this case buying a little more insurance buying insurance is not like 
in health insurance kind of stuff more of like medical but this is like stock insuring yeah stocking up insuring insuring yourself mm -hmm. uh that you have you know what what you need to to get through it. and it's not really something like uh it's something that would happen in this area i think it will the last time something like this has happened is like a hundred years or more ago so we don't really have like yeah. a lot of issues with this, I believe in the last, uh, I believe in the last hundred years, it, we've had snowfall of more than two inches. I believe like maybe half a dozen times. So it's not a very yeah. rare thing. I believe like something that gets seven. We get years snow, ago. but we don't get cold. We've yeah. hard like we. I don't. I don't know when we've gotten below zero degrees in Texas ever. Like not, I'm sure it's happened. Park. Not not in this area. We we stay pretty pretty mild. We mm -hmm. get hot summers. They go really hot, but they never get cold mm -hmm. in winters. So. So to kind of like sum up what you've been saying, you'd say your two key, 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 key takeaways from this as a small farmer who in a, in a climate that doesn't really usually get snow or that cold weather, you say be more prepared, be, in other words, watch a little bit more of like what's happening, what the forecasts are, how cold it's going to get, and then to have like stock up more supplies, like stock up more firewood for the winter. Mm -hmm. Is that what you'd say? Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I tried to, I tried to think when anything happens to me. I try to think of is that something specific to me or is that something that happens to a lot of people mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people realized that uh, there's no alternative to heat uh, if they if if all they have is a heater which would be their their air uh, in their air conditioning and heating units they have no alternatives and if your heating heaters not on because you have no power uh, it's not like you can plug in a heater mm -hmm. you know and I think a lot of people realize that and so I, this past winter, or I guess we're still in the winter, but this winter, um, I, I, I put my sights at like six, seven quarts, which people up north would think, wow, that's nothing. But down here, we, I mean, I was really not selling much wood in the sense of, uh, I wasn't having people coming and buying multiple cords. Most people buy half a cord or just like 90 pieces or something. Mm -hmm. And, and in that sense, um, this next year, I think people are going to be more prepared. Mm -hmm. um, so and it's not because I don't think it's much out of fear. I think it's like that whole I want to be I want to be in control um, because they they've seen all these people that froze to death and who didn't have heat and and or they were the ones going out and finding the wood and that's rough when it's yeah. zero degrees outside. So I want to definitely put my put my sights higher on the quantity of wood I stock up okay. for next winter. So what do you do for the person who they hear this conversation and they go, wow, Mark sounds like a very reasonable guy. He seems like a kind of interesting dude. He seems like he might have just like some some, some stuff that might be worth it. So uh, what kind of like media do you do? Yeah, so... Um, of course, you're going to release yeah. the description. So yeah. you have a YouTube channel, is that correct? Yeah, a YouTube channel, which I think we said that at the beginning. Maybe we didn't. We, I, 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 we might have. There's going to be a link in the description. Yeah, the, so, she, the Sheilas Farmer. Mm -hmm. So do you put uh, vlogs up there? Like, uh, kind of a mixture. I uh -huh. do how-to videos. I do kind of short story, kind of just random things that I think is kind of interesting that happened to me mm -hmm. uh, or the farm. And then there are some kind of, I wouldn't say daily vlogs, but there are kind of, there's just, it's kind of a vloggish story kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, basically just detailing like what's it like. Yeah. Okay. I don't have enough, I don't, well, first off, there's not, uh, there's a lot of repetitive work and I don't really know how much people would want to watch repetitive work, but also I don't have the time to sit there and edit uh, repetitive uh -huh. kind of work and put that up every day because I'm not based off of YouTube. That's not my primary mm -hmm. uh, business. 
it's a more of a complementary enterprise that I mm-hmm. that I would like to to help people with uh, by showing them what I'm doing. But primarily, it's off of the farming aspect of it, selling uh, products and doing services. Okay. So, do you have like any social medias besides YouTube? Uh, I have a Facebook, and I also have a, a, a parlor. So, what do you use your Facebook for? My Facebook is well on Facebook. I'm sure a lot of people know this, but Facebook has the the uh, marketplace. Marketplace, and I sell a lot of stuff through there. And that's mm-hmm. more of like I don't sell food through there because that's that's regulated on Facebook. Um, and I, I and I don't see the connection that people can make through there. But I can sell things like I make a lot of like garden beds and mm-hmm. uh, milk stands, and also put firewood up and sell through there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really convenient because when you hardware. get on there, you kind of you, when you search it up, it's gonna start with the closest person to you in your area. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people around here don't stock up with wood; they don't sell the wood, uh, and so I, I wouldn't say I have a, a corner of the market in the area. I definitely have competitors around me, but uh, it basically makes me it, it puts out something basically free advertisement, and when anybody uh-huh. wants me, they can easily get in contact with me through the Facebook. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. That's pretty much what I use Facebook for. So, do you have like any like farm product products that you sell? Yeah, we do on on our website, the shoelessfarms.com. Uh, and if you live in the state, Texas, you can uh, you can order that. We're 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 thinking about shipping, but right now it's just uh, farm pickups. And uh, when the market, the farmers market uh, in Midlothian opens, we will we will be there every mm-hmm. Saturday. So what kind of stuff do you have for that? Or is that too early so, to say? So, well, we, we know some things that we're going to have. We definitely have our broilers, so our chicken. And mm-hmm. uh, we will uh, hopefully... I'll include a link for his yeah. website in the description. Yeah, we'll hopefully be able to add rabbit and uh, beef to that. And, of course, uh-huh. any kind of garden produce. I'm not. I'm kind of staying away from the green, greeny stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm most like, most, mostly staying... To big ticket items like wa- uh, watermelons and kind of the summery stuff, and and, and also eggs, of course, because you mentioned your laying hens yeah. earlier. So, so and so that's the kind of media you have, and your parlor is just simply for promoting your stuff. Yeah, I basically uh, I do write things in there. I like to talk to people through there, see kind of because mm-hmm. I can put that up, and a lot of people can uh, kind of gives me an idea what 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 people want uh, mm-hmm. to see for my youtube because i uh put a lot of my videos up on there as well it allows feedback yeah gives me it's the way comments on videos is is uh kind of uh, i don't see how we it's kind of harder to connect to the people who are writing comments than mm-hmm. than i would get on parlor i think it, I, I just prefer I parlor anyways well thank you for sitting down here it's been a yeah. good discussion and uh I'll put all your links in the description, and thank you very much. Thank you. If you liked this episode, you can follow us on whatever you're watching us, whether you're on Breaker, Spotify, Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and any of the other places. Uh, what else am I on? It, well, if you're, in, if you're in any of the other places, uh, shout out to you. And if you are one of my less than 1% of my listeners who live in Ecuador, I want to give you a shout out because I randomly saw you in my analytics. I appreciate because oh. we're getting more countries in here. And uh, that's all. If you're if you're in a place where you can like this episode, do so, and see y'all in the next one.